Welcome to Sarah and T, the podcast that focuses on professional vacation rental management. Brought to you by Sarah Bradford of Winter Park Lodging Company and Steamboat Lodging Company located in the mountains of Colorado, as well as Tim Cafferty of Outer Banks Blue and Sandbridge Blue Realty Services on the coast of North Carolina and Virginia. Separately, Sarah and T manage more than 600 vacation rental properties and are regarded as two of the top experts on vacation rental management. Together, they bring you this podcast to share their experience, have some fun, and let you know that you are not alone in this crazy business of providing short-term rentals to the public. Now, for the next 30 minutes or so, get ready to have some fun and maybe learn something. Here's our hosts, Sarah and T. We are back, and we're better than ever. Sarah, the pride of Middlebury College is with us today. I don't know if you knew this. We talked about him before. He was sort of on a podcast two podcasts ago, but the vice president of partner success, strategy and operations, and not only for just Verbo, but for Expedia Group is with us today. How about that, Sarah? Yeah, the Verbo guys really go to good colleges. Hi, Kevin. Nice to have you. Kevin Lowcraft. Great to be here. Great to be here. I don't know that I've ever been referred to as the pride of Middlebury College. <laughs> It is the Middlebury Panthers. Yes. Uh, I think Lions travel in prides and not Panthers. I don't know what Panthers travel in. You're fairly new to us in terms of a face and a name, but you've been around for a while. I think you've been with Verbo since like 2013, right? Tell us about how you started and how you got here. I started at then HomeAway back in July of 2013, and I was uh, part of a one-man team called the Internal Corporate Strategy Group. And... Really, I was in charge of sort of looking around the business at different opportunities for us to create efficiency or to find new markets, new opportunities. One of the roles that I played was in corporate development. So I had a lot of working hours with Brian Sharples and Carl Shepard back in the day when we were working through sort of acquisitions. Some of the acquisitions that I worked on included stays when I first started and ran right up to the sale of the company of Homeboy to Expedia Group back in December of, of 2015. And so I have been around the business for a while. It was more on the corporate strategy and M&A side of the business through about 2015, at which point I rotated over into more of a business development role and eventually landed myself in what was then called sales in May of 2017 and has since been transformed into partner success. And so as you guys know, the business model for HomeAway changed from that of being a, solely a subscription model into being more of an e-commerce marketplace. And with that transition, we thought that partners would need to be helped and coached to be successful on the website. And so that's why we are now called Partner Success is because the group that I run is essentially the account management team. And everything that we do is to help you all uh, become more and more successful partners and hosts on the website through the e-commerce marketplace of, of Verbo and increasingly now for me, the websites across Expedia Group. Let's talk about that because I have a great account manager. Well, I had a great one. Now I have a new one. I'm just getting to know. Let's talk about account managers. You're in charge of them. Two questions. One, how does someone get an account manager? Because obviously you don't give an account manager to every person on Verbo or you would have, you'd be managing a team of 10,000. 
or a hundred thousand. I don't know. So how do you determine that? And what is that account manager specifically trying to do with the clients? And then I want to talk a little about Expedia because I don't personally have anything on Expedia other than Verbo would love to know your pitch for what we as professional vacation managers should be considering doing on Expedia. To question number one, sort of how are we set up and how might you get an account manager? The way in which my team is set up is we've got sort of regional heads. And so we have a head of North America or the Americas, a head of EMEA and a head of APAC, which includes ANZ, Australia, New Zealand. And underneath of each of them, we have a team of folks that are looking after the large property management companies. And then we've got a team of folks that are looking after individual owners. Now, the way that any property management company or an individual owner would sort of receive the day-to-day support of a dedicated account manager would be through our belief in their ability to produce on the website and to deliver great traveler experiences. And so for those partners that ultimately have quite a bit of production today, or what we predict would be quite a bit of production in the future, we essentially place a bet and we give them an account manager and that account manager, what they're supposed to be doing is working with their portfolio of partners to help them grow their business on our website. And so what does that help look like? It can be anything from helping to track down what happened with a particular invoice or a particular sort of traveler to really helping to coach on, hey, here's this new feature or functionality that's rolling out on the Verbo website or in the Verbo dash, or you might see it through your software and we recommend using it or not using it. And so that's really what the the purpose is to be there to help you guys coach. Yeah. One of the most, my favorite things about the account manager is every quarter we look at our statistics with them and really analyze how are we doing overall? How did we do a year ago? Comparatively, we can give the account manager some feedback on whether we've grown or shrunk our number of properties, et cetera. And then they look at three or four problem listings for us and we kind of dig deep together on what's wrong with those listings. That's been incredibly helpful, even just to direct my team to do that. So it's, it's a great advantage for someone to have that person helping them. Sounds like you've got a great account manager and, or sort of great set of relationships to me, the account manager and the the property management company should be working on whatever relationship sort of works best for them. I love the fact that you guys sort of dive deep into two or three or four specific properties, because I think if you do that, you can really make a difference in the performance of those properties. If you're thinking about sort of the account at a whole, sometimes it's hard to move the account at a, at a super high level. You really need to get into how come this unit isn't moving as quickly as I would want it to. Okay. And then about Expedia, what would you be telling Tim and me? We use Verbo. What should we be doing on Expedia? So there's specific coaching that I could give in and around how to produce better on Verbo. Um, so there's tips and tricks there. But on Expedia, look, at in general, I'd say if you're distributing through Verbo and if you are instant book enabled, then you would be being shown up on Expedia Group. And I think it's actually a little bit less of what do you need to do to sort of show up on Expedia. And it's really what, what do we need to do as Expedia Group to better merchandise your inventory up against the hotels and the other kinds of inventory that are on Expedia Group. So in all honesty, 
Sarah, I think that this is more about what do we need to do to make your inventory pop on Expedia websites as opposed to what do you need to do? So if you've listened to your account manager and if you're instant book enabled, if you've got great rates, if you have great content, to me, there's no reason that these things shouldn't be flying off the shelves on Expedia or Hotels.com or other websites. And so I, I'd actually put that back on our teams to make that stuff go. Okay, good. We just got told we don't have to do something, Tim. That's I, exciting. I like that. So to that end, is there a profile, Kevin, when you're thinking about those who are most successful on the Expedia site versus Verbo? Is there a certain type of property manager, a type of property that does better on Expedia as opposed to Verbo? There is work that we can do on the Expedia group side to merchandise your inventory better. At the same time, we are looking at very different user sets. And so you probably heard Jeff Hurst in the last podcast talk about Verbo is focused on complex family travel and helping to make complex family travel easy. And you all know better than anyone that the Verbo traveler is really, it's a larger party size, looking for a longer term stay, typically in a vacation rental, sort of traditional vacation rental destination of beaches, lakes, mountains, rivers, streams, et cetera. On Expedia, it's a very different user profile. And so the user profile is, you know, more often than not, you know, one or two people traveling to a city for a couple of days, typically sort of last minute. Now, they do have a preponderance of groups looking for packages and things like that. So I think the work for us to do is to make sure that vacation rentals are front and center for the use cases where those families come in and they are looking for a home near Disney or they are looking for a home on a beach in North Carolina, Outer Banks area or otherwise, that we make that home known. But just, just know that I think that that's, it's a little bit of work in, in progress or work in process where the user that's coming to Expedia is not identical to the user that's coming to Verbo. And I think that's where, that's where the work gets really hard, but we're, we're invested in it. We're going to certainly try to make it work. And to be clear on that, if I have all my listings on Verbo, Am I also being offered up in, on Expedia? Because I don't think I've ever gotten a booking from Expedia unless it just looks like a Verbo one and I didn't know. Can you clarify that? To the extent that you are instant book enabled and you are price consistent. And so for, for those that are out there and sort of go through the software players to get onto Verbo, you know about sort of price consistency as a term. But if you're instant book enabled and price consistent, then you should be being made available on Expedia. Now, there's the the converse of that, or the flip side of that is that Expedia needs to want to show you. And so there needs to be a traveler who's coming and looking for your property. And then you're up against sort of hotels and other types of accommodation for that search. And so I don't know about your production on Expedia. I wouldn't be surprised if it's if it's pretty low because in all honesty, like I said, there's some work that we need to do to to merchandise this stuff better, but you should be showing up and it's possible that you've gotten a booking. Um, it's also possible that you're showing up and you're not getting any bookings. I find that fascinating. Your meetings must be amazing in terms of data analysis because you know the user and so on. It's almost like we're taking your Verbo listing and giving it a glamour shot. So it looks good to these people over here as well. Tell us what kind of research you at your fingertips to be able to tell you this stuff. I'm on the supply side of the business and I am forever getting in the faces of, now it's not contentious like that, as that might sound, but 
I'm forever getting in the faces of, of people like, you know, John James and Eric Moore and some other folks that ultimately sort of run our front end websites to say, hey, uh, that glamour shot, we need to touch that thing up. Or how come this glamour shot isn't being shown to this prospective traveler? And so the kinds of data that we have, I'd say it's pretty endless in terms of here's the type of traveler that's looking for this destination. Here's who they're looking with. Here's sort of the length that they're looking for, the amenities that they're looking for, et cetera. And ultimately what we do from partner success is we take all that information and we try, at least the account management team should be trying to feed it back to you through coaching sessions to say, hey, you know what? If you really want to be successful on Expedia, here's the amenity set you need. Here's how you should talk about your property. Here's, you know, maybe you need to adjust your minimum stay. I can tell you, if you're on Expedia and you've got a minimum stay of seven days, like you're not getting a booking because Expedia travelers, they're looking to stay for the weekend. And so things that work perfectly on Verbo, they don't work perfectly on Expedia.com or Hotels.com. But that's the kind of information we have to. Okay, Kevin. So I heard what everybody thinks in the in your meeting rooms that like, oh, Kevin's going to give us a hard time about that and what you're passionate about there. Let's pretend we're at a cocktail party, which is now allowed somehow. So that's exciting. Masks just got removed in our in our country, right? We're at a cocktail party and I say to you, oh, you work at Verbo. Well, I have a little vacation rental company and we have our listings on Verbo. Hey, tell me the couple secrets I should be doing to move my listing up. <laughs> What would you say? Would you run uh, away from that cocktail yeah, yeah. party? First off, I'd say, hey, would you like a drink? And how about we not talk about work? And you know, we're just we're just out of the pandemic. I'm just taking my mask off, and I've got better things to talk about than my tips and tricks for how to produce on Verbo. But if uh, if pressed, I guess I would say, look, we we have a program that we call the Fast Start Program, and it's really geared towards trying to help owners and property managers who are listing their homes for the first time to get off to a fast start. And what do we mean by a fast start? It's essentially that we want them to get a booking as quickly as humanly possible, because if they experience that first sort of thrill, we think that they're then going to be hooked. And so what are the things that we coach on to get a first booking? Uh, you know, they're the same things that, that we would coach on to get the 10th and the 20th and the 30th, but they are things like you need to be available, right? Step one, your property better have availability and it needs to be correct. Uh, step two is take a look at your pricing vis-a-vis -vis the market and sort of the dates and determine whether or not you're, you're, you're sort of priced appropriately. Number three is make sure that your listing is as attractive as possible. What we mean by attractive is have it have a headline that sort of pops. Photos are important. I can't tell you how many times I've seen a property have the first photo and it's of like a bed in the back bedroom or the first bathroom off to the right next to the kitchen. And it's like, what? <laughs> that is not why somebody is coming to your yeah. vacation rental. They're coming because it's in ski town, Colorado, or it's on the beach in North Carolina. And like, so let's show them something that they want. We've been making fun of that a little bit. We just did a podcast on photography, but I, on Facebook, I've been posting some horrific photos and I didn't have to look long <laughs> on Verbo, but I love the idea of the thrill of giving an owner or some, you know, even a company, the thrill of a booking photos. I got a question about that though. 
the way that Airbnb and also I think Verbo now shows the listing sometimes the first four really matter or maybe that's just Airbnb, but we have to, we can't decide different orders of photos for different OTAs. Keith, this is a really picky question. Tim's going to roll his eyes. Do you, if you were showing a home, a five bedroom home, A, would your first photo be an exterior or would it be the pool and the beach view or would it be the living room? And B, would your first like six pictures try to cover as much of the interior as you can or would you do what some do? It's like every angle of that main living area. Uh, that's a pretty specific question. <laughs> In interestingly, we actually have data science that guides us around what the right set of photos is. And for every partner and every market, it may actually be a little bit different. And so at one point in time, I can remember it, this was probably four or five years ago, there was some data science that had been done internally where the best photo to be shown was a picture of a beautifully made bed with a like a red high contrast pillow because maybe it like stood out on the within the, the search page more than other things. What that highlighted to me was sometimes you mentioned if you're in a beach destination, let's say you're in Outer Banks, North Carolina, and if everybody is taking their first picture and they're showing a sunset over the ocean, well, then if you show your, your home and it's the first picture is a sunset over the ocean, well, then you kind of look like everybody else. And so what you might think in a one-off would be a great photo. If it looks like everybody else's, it's hard to stand out from the crowd. And so that's why I say it's a it's a little hard to answer your question in general. You'd have to look at your photo set vis-a-vis -vis everybody else that's kind of in your market. But in general, I would say, look, show the shots that you think that people really enjoy about your property. They're going there because of the destination. Potentially, they're going because the home itself is perfect and great. And so a shot from the outside and a shot from sort of each of the truly great rooms within the home, that would make sense to me. And then key amenities are always are always pretty key. So if you have a pool, I would show it. If you have a hot tub, I would show it. If you have a great room with, I don't know, trophies of animals that maybe you've collected over the years, like I would show that kind of thing. Things that really make you really make you stand out. That's what you'd put in the beginning. I think so, yes. Okay. I, I, I surely wouldn't show a picture of the bunk bedroom and or your back bathroom or I've seen things as bad as a mattress in the basement kind of thing. Kevin, that is what we call a pullover moment during our podcast. So congratulations. Good on you, as I say. Uh, I think folks need to pull over, hit the rewind button 30 to 45 to a minute and re-listen to that because he has the data, folks. He just told you what you need to be doing. He also pointed out the thrill thing. I'm just going to come back to that one more time. I think it's property managers, vacation rental managers. We need to remember that a new owner needs the thrill quickly. We all know that that home will eventually book if we're taking it on and we're saying yes to it. I sure hope we feel it will. But we need to remember that thrill. We just added a property and we got a booking right away. And the owner's like, woohoo. And you could just tell the owner, like, they might not even notice the next booking and the next 12 bookings. But that first one said, hey, this company knows how to book my home. <laughs> so don't forget about the first thrill. 
Yeah, I, I look, I think that there are things that owners, in, in this way, I think Verbo and property management companies, we tend to do sort of similar things for some owners. I think owners, they remember certain instances that, again, this isn't rocket science, but like everybody will remember their first kiss. I think the, maybe Tim won't remember his first kiss. I don't know, but I remember mine. Um, He's still the, <laughs> the, uh, the owner will remember their first booking. They absolutely will. You know what else they're going to remember? They're going to remember their first 12 months of production. And so like these things like anniversaries, they are very important to owners. The other thing that they're going to remember, they're going to remember the first time that somebody broke something in their home. And so to me, like that's when it's imperative that property managers and or Burbo is sort of there to have their backs. It's like be there to sell, be there to help them get their first booking and celebrate, be there for them when the first thing goes wrong be there for them at the end of the year and the start of the next. And it's, I don't want to compare it to my relationship with my wife because she'd probably kill me, but it's not too different, right? Anniversaries are important. The firsts are important. Okay. I'm writing it down. First kiss, first booking, first broken item. Got it. Super. So I want to cover two things quickly that when we were with Jeff, he set you up on. So you've had a couple of weeks to think about the answers. One was on inventory. I'm going to let uh, Sarah ask the question on cancellation policies because she was very concerned about that. But I have seen in my market, particularly, Kevin, a loss of inventory. People coming into the market, buying properties, maybe my rental program, living in them, taking them off the market. Are you seeing that as a national trend? And how important is it for us now as property managers to be focusing on getting that inventory? So you asked a a pretty complex question that has a couple parts. Mm-hmm. The first is maybe I'll take it. I'll take it in reverse order. So, should you be focused on getting inventory? Absolutely. I, I think everybody in this industry is focused on. There is so much demand for what it is that this industry has to offer. And I was talking to you all before the podcast. I feel like this is vacation rentals moment in the sun. Right. This is our time to shine. Right. The inventory type and the experience that you all can help deliver is custom made for this moment. This is families wanting to get away from everything that life might have at the moment. And they want to do it with their loved ones in some place that they feel like they can get outside and sort of stretch their arms and legs and truly breathe. And in that way, I actually think it's been been incredibly helpful towards like the national psychology of of this country during this pandemic. But this is our moment in the sun. And so to me, like we need more inventory, period, because we have more travelers than ever. And so should you be trying to get inventory? Absolutely. Now, is it harder than ever? Yes, I think it's harder than ever because one, everybody's trying to get it, right? And so you have, if you're myself and you're Verbo, all of your competition is out there trying to get the same kinds of inventory because these trends are not, they aren't sort of buried in the sand. Everybody sees them. And then I think, when you talk about property management companies, you have sort of the, the competition of owners. Some owners are coming in and saying, hey, I'm going to take my home off of the market because I'm going to stay in it, right? I'm, I'd like to move to the beach and work, work from home from the beach for the next six months. Now, I think that that trend, that's going to, that'll dissipate over time, right? As people get back to the office. And so I, I'm hopeful that more inventory will start to loosen up. And we've already started to see inventory growth on, on our websites of Verbo and Expedia. And so I think inventory growth is, is in the future, but it, it's not fast enough to keep up with the demand. So we got a lot of work ahead of us. Okay. I got a quick question, then a harder question. 
The quick question is you're given $500,000 and you're given a year off Verbo and told to go start a vacation rental company anywhere in the U S where would you start it? And what types of properties would you try to get in that year? This might not be the smartest answer, <laughs> but it's the one that I probably feel in my heart, which is I would go to a place where my family already is. And it's because I want to be closer to them. Now, that might be smart because my mother-in-law will maybe listen to this podcast and she'll say, oh, that's great. Uh, or my sister will say, oh, that's great. My brother wants to move home. Um, but honestly, it's because the I have family that lives in Ocean Isle Beach, North Carolina. They own multiple homes in Ocean Isle Beach. And I spent literally seven months during the pandemic. So we, we drove out there, my wife, myself, our two boys who are nine and five and our two dogs, we piled in a rental minivan and we drove from Austin, Texas to Ocean Isle Beach, North Carolina for what we thought was going to be just the 4th of July. And we ended up staying until January 4th. Oh my, <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. And so I worked I like from a, uh, I was with my, yeah, with my mother-in-law and my father-in-law. Uh, and like I said, they own a couple homes in Ocean Isle Beach. So we had some space, but it was to me like vacation rentals have saved my, to, in, in some way, shape or form, like saved my life, my job, my marriage during this pandemic, because it allowed my family to move out of Austin and into a place where the pandemic wasn't that bad, right? I went fishing with my father-in-law and my sons like every weekend during the pandemic. And it was just, and it was because of vacation rentals that we were able to do that. And so I feel like I now know more about Ocean Isle Beach and how it operates that I feel like I would have based on my industry experience, plus now my personal experience with Ocean Isle Beach. I think I could take $500,000 and give some of the big property managers in that area, you know, a run for their money. The other place is, is Ocean City, Maryland. And so I told you that I, I grew up outside of Washington, D.C. I spent every summer, months a year in Ocean City, Maryland. And I know the area extremely well. My sister owns a property with my brother there. My family owns other condos in the area. And I feel like if I were able to buy one, one, I could be closer to my family. But two, I know more about the area than you know, many other places in the country. And so I feel like I can make that one work too. Great story. We all like to open a business where we feel comfortable, right? And where we enjoy being, not just what the data shows us. Mm-hmm. All right. My last question for you is in a lot of communities, probably Ocean City, probably Ocean Isle. I know Outer Banks and I for sure know Steamboat Winter Park. Vacation rentals are now being seen as so expensive to buy that it's making properties unaffordable for locals to buy a home. And there's a very anti-vacation rental movement in many resort towns. So much that I think we're going to have to be fighting even more regulation, even though this is our time to shine. What is Verbo doing to help folks like us get the message out about why vacation rentals are great in an area? Yeah, I would actually say this is one of the things that we benefit most from maybe my elevation from just Verbo to being vacation rental Expedia group. And so one of the things that listeners might not know is that there is an entire army of people at Expedia group who think about government regulation policy and things of that nature. And so when, when I started at HomeAway in July of 20, 2013, 
I think the government regulation team was two, two people. Mm. Um, and by the time that Expedia bought us, I think it maybe was four. And so that was late 2015. And so the way in which Homeaway went about it was a little bit more, I'd say, sort of reactionary and was all very well-intentioned, but it was a bit more reactionary and, and in that way, I think just a little bit slower. I think Expedia Group, uh, we literally have hundreds of folks that are in Washington, D.C. and out around the country and around the world that are thinking about how to fight for the rights of the partners, the travelers, and the sort of local stakeholders in ways that I just find to be incredible. And so there's more effort today than ever before for Expedia Group to support you all and to support the travelers and to support great, great sort of local legislation. You've heard potentially a line that our GR teams, government regulation teams have used that uh, sort of recent Burmas, as recent as probably a year ago, whenever the last time we were able to be in person is. But we think about sort of sensible regulation, right? And we think that there's sensible regulation that can be put in place that will allow sort of all three parties to thrive. The three parties being sort of partners, travelers, and and local constituents with Expedia Group sort of helping along the way. And how do we get that? How do we get that support? Because I'm just going to tell you, I have no idea you're doing that and I don't feel you here. Let me get back to you on a contact that maybe I can give to the to the Sarah and T podcast to sort of funnel in government regulation and policy questions. I, we've got, like I said, we've got literally hundreds of people thinking about this stuff. And so I don't want to give out one email address and that person gets thousands of asks. My guess is they have an, an email alias or something like that. So I'll find out for you. We haven't done this in a long time, Kevin, but if you've listened to our podcast, you know we play this little inane game called Rapid Fire. We ask you off-the-wall questions to try to learn a little bit more about you, and you can answer in just a few words or a little bit longer if you like. But we start the clock with three minutes, and off we go. Tell me about the most useful piece of data you get on a regular basis. Occupancy. All right, pizza or sushi? Pizza. Let me expand expand on it. I can go back to occupancy, too, if you want. But nope. Deep dish sometimes. I think I like sort of New York style more often. Fair enough. Okay, you're driving across the country in your rented minivan, or larger than that, evidently, because you had a, the dogs in the back as well. I know there had to be some times where you needed to tune out the rest of the, in the uh, car, and that song came on, and you turned it up, and you had your jam. What's Kevin Lowcraft's jam? There's a song called Forever Young, and I can't sing it, otherwise I'd embarrass myself on Maybe this is national media, but I think it's by Alphaville or something. Um, I also love you too. So anything by you too. Oh, not the one by Rod Stewart. Not the Forever Young by Rod Stewart. Oh, okay. Like, is it is it Forever Young? That's right. I want, I want to be Forever Young. Yeah, okay, that one. I'm a horrible singer, so I did it. Everyone's like, they, they hit some incredibly high notes there, Sarah. That if, if we tried to hit them, you and I would both embarrass ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't biggest, matter to her. Kevin, what's your biggest fear besides singing on a podcast nationwide? Singing on a podcast nationwide, remotely close to my feet. My biggest failing my family. Obviously. Fear of failure, I would say in order, fear of failing sort of my family, immediate sort of wife and children. And then back up one step and it's probably fear of not making my parents proud and then back up another step 
and it's sort of everybody down the line. Somehow in my life, I have this, maybe it's a Catholic guild of like, I want to please people and make them proud of me. So. Wow. Good answer. I don't think you have a problem there, but I think every vacation rental manager also wants to be added to that list now. So there you go. Speaking of which, you've been at Verbo quite a while. If you weren't in the role you were in now with Verbo and Expedia, et cetera, what do you think you'd be doing? I've always had a dream of being the commissioner of the NFL. So that's from like way back in my life. And I'm a, a huge fan of the now called Washington football team. And so I'd probably, if I had my druthers, it would be something in and around uh, a major sports league. Prior to Homeaway, I actually worked for a little company called Electronic Arts, and they made video games. I really loved that, and it was where I sort of fell in love with sort of big data analytics. And so we had quite a bit of information coming in from people playing the computer games, playing on their mobile phones, et cetera. It's how I fell in love with big data, and it's how I sort of brought some of that big data love to vacation rentals that I talked about earlier. And so it might be something to do again with video games. Big data, Kevin Lowcraft. You heard it here. Thanks for playing. Pride of, the pride of Middlebury, big data, Kevin Lowcraft. <laughs> you That's also, right. You also went to UT, MBA, right? Boy, my dad, my dad would be proud. There you go. Good for you. All right. Well, we appreciate you playing our little inane game. And as usual, you win nothing. But our undying uh, appreciation for you to uh, put yourself out there. So, well, that... Does it for this week? We covered a lot of territory here, Sarah. One thing we didn't cover was the Red Lion of 30th Street. He's <laughs> yeah. one of us. He grew up in a vacation rental there in, uh, in, in Maryland, going every week, right? A lot of memories about that, I'm sure, Kevin. How did you find out about the, 30, <laughs> the Red Lion on 30th Street? <laughs> I have my sources. That is incredible. So on 30th Street, in the there's like a median between Baltimore Avenue and Pennsylvania, which are like the two main strips of Ocean City, Maryland. There's a little median. And in there is our, the house that I sort of grew up going to, little yellow house. And at the top of the stairs, there was a plaque and it was like a family insignia only. Like it wasn't our family. It was just the Red Lion. And so that's why we called it the Red Lion because at the top of the stairs, there was a family crest and it was a lion from probably Scotland or something like that. And off to the left was my godmother. She had a, a unit with my cousins. Uh, and then off to the right was my family. And we used to spend months and months and months of the time and in, in the red line on 30th Street in between the beach and Jolly Roger amusement park. Fantastic. Oh, yeah, Jolly Roger. I used to go there. And we should also be playing that song, Under the Boardwalk. <laughs> That's, yeah. <laughs> well, um, okay. By the way, Kevin, I just want to make sure you know that I have said nothing creepy and researching about <laughs> you. It was all Tim. Okay. He does that. I, I feel like I must have said it, but anyway, that, yeah. that is pretty deep. Tim. Yeah. Thank you. I do pride myself on my research of our guests before they come on board to make you feel as uncomfortable as possible. <laughs> Thanks. Great job today, Sarah. We had another good one here. Kevin hit it out of the park. We'll look for him at the next VRMA conference. Yeah, Kevin. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. We'll follow up with uh, some information about how to get to government regulations of Verbo. All right. So long, everybody. All right. See you, Kevin. Bye-bye. Bye, Tim. And that puts a wrap on another episode of Sarah and T, the Professional Vacation Rental Managers Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Sarah Bradford of Winter Park Lodging Company and Steamboat Lodging Company, 
as well as Tim Cafferty of Outer Banks Blue and Sandbridge Blue Realty Services. Music is provided by Ben Sound. Sarah and T invite you to join them for their next episode. But in the meantime, they encourage you to stay in touch through their website, sarahnt.com, social media channels, or give them a call at 336-612-1612. They love to hear from listeners giving them feedback on what you just heard or providing ideas for future episodes. We look forward to speaking with you next time on Sarah and Tea.